Hey, welcome to The Screenwriting Life. I'm Meg LaFove. And I'm Lorianne McKenna. We are professional screenwriters. We've worked together as a team and separately. We've worked on studio and indie films, live action and animation, from my work on Inside Out and Captain Marvel. To my work in Pixar's story department on Up, Brave, and Inside Out. We are here to share our insights on the craft of screenwriting and also the life. How to not only survive the ups and downs, but thrive. We want to help you become the best screenwriter you can be and to reassure you that you are not alone on this journey. Hey, welcome to The Screenwriting Life. I'm Meg LaFove. And I'm Lorianne McKenna. On today's show, we're going to talk about turning your idea and getting it to the page. And we'll be answering some fan questions. But first, we're going to talk about our weeks, which we're calling our adventures in screenwriting. Uh, Meg? All right, I'll go first. Yeah. Okay, my week... Uh, was I practiced the fine art of procrastination. <laughs> In other words, fear. But yeah. it's high level of procrastination so now because that... I looked really busy, right? But busy as in like, somebody once said to me, there's a Zen cone that busyness is a high form of laziness. Kind of like, mm. I look really busy when I'm procrastinating. Like what does that look like? How did it manifest? Um, well, I did have some work to do. Um, I had I was writing back and forth with a director. She's uh, in Europe, and we were writing back and forth. But it's it was we're into the fine detail work. Like, what is this line? Let's right. do seven alts of this line to find. That's not my favorite part of writing. I mean, we all have parts that we love to do right. and parts that we're like, this is harder torture for my brain. Um, so I procrastinated a little bit on that. Okay. I mean, I did it eventually. I mean, I did do it. Uh, it helps that the director is in a different time zone, so I can work <laughs> till midnight. I need to. Um, and I uh, did something for work, too, which is I had to, with my friend Jonathan Fernandez that I'm writing a, a pilot with. The pilot is fantasy, and I don't, it's not my genre. Uh, and I believe that genres often have a kind of math to them. You can break it, but you need to know you're breaking it. So I was like, hey, we need to watch a lot of pilots. <sighs> Oh, I can't wait to hear what you watched. So we watched a lot of pilots, some that I was like halfway through, we don't need to watch this anymore. <laughs> it's not the math I want. Um, and some really good ones and really th- thinking about, okay, what? why does that work and that one didn't? Right. What are they doing that works for our show? Again, maybe it just wasn't show appropriate, like what we want to do. So that was fun. Right. You know, I, it'll you, be productive eventually. What do you mean by the math in a genre? What well, you know, mean? like fantasy, a, a fantasy pilot, you have to establish the world and the rules that everybody in the in the show knows, but you have to fill the audience in. How do you do that? Like right away. In an entertaining, still attaching emotionally, but you have all this exposition to get out. That to me is like a, almost like math. Like how did they do it? How right. did certain people do it well? Um and ultimately, it has to be very personal to you and to your story, of course. Um, but what I realized today on Friday is that I did all of that, and I needed to do all of that. And right. also house stuff and all the other stuff that gets involved, right, in procrastinating. Life. Yes. But I think what I'm really realizing is I was afraid. I was procrastinating because what I really, true in my heart, want to do, I'm afraid to do, which is this heart project I want to write that wow. I keep not writing. Is this the book series? Yeah. So... I mean, I've 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 gone into it, but I keep stalling out, and I'm kind of like, why am I stalling out? What's hmm. going on? So I think what I need is a deadline. So right now on air, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give myself a deadline for next week, next Friday, next Friday. You'll I'm going to come in, in here okay. and say I did a rough, really bad outline of the first episode. Okay, How about that. Great. Who okay. wants to join me? Who in our audience wants to join me? 
email the screenwriting life at gmail.com. Tell me you're doing it. Something. You know, what are you doing? That project that you really want to do, but you're avoiding. Join me. Okay. That's, Dead, that's deadlines are important and terrifying. Deadline for next Friday. Okay, that's great. Uh, my week, I, uh, after last week's episode when we were talking about getting notes and taking notes, I sort of went back to a couple of projects that I'd abandoned for various reasons, probably mm. because I'd gotten really hard notes that I didn't know uh, how to process, how to do. So I went back and I reread those and I, I remembered why I wanted to write them and it's not quite there, which is probably why I got those notes. So I went back and I, I played around in one of them for a little while, um, which was fun. Um, and I'm realizing when I'm in that script um, that it needs a lot of work, right? I wrote, I wrote, you know, it's an hour long sci-fi right. drama. Uh, and uh, uh, when I got to the very end, the last page is, oh, this is probably the beginning of an actual pilot, right? But it took me writing yeah. that whole yeah. page years ago, that whole script years ago to be like, oh, right. I had to get all that out. It's like a lot of backstory and churn. And, and it's both, right? Like it's, it needed to do that. It needed yes. to fill you in all that. And your skill level rises every time you write something. So you're coming back with all these tools. Yeah. And that was actually really fun too, is rereading it and like, oh no, like take like all this, you know, set up physical locations. No, no. Get right into the, like I cut like 15 pages out of it, just like getting into the actions of scenes. So where I was a couple years ago when I wrote that and where I am now. So that was encouraging. That's awesome. But also embarrassing because I'd sent that script to people at the time. Right. So there's that like no, inner no, judge, no, no, you know, no, no, no. Anyway, so that was a part of my week. Um, I had a couple of um, meetings uh, that uh, went pretty well this week. Um, but one meeting I had on Wednesday um, uh, was great. I left. I was feeling great. You know, like, you know, you have a good meeting. You have a good connection with somebody. And, um, you know, it's like walking tall and feeling great. And I walk out on the sunset and my car is gone. Oh, no. And, and I was like, hmm. So, you know, did I park there? Where did I park? And I see a guy standing in, I thought he was a cop at first, but he was a security guard. And I was like, hey, man, any chance you know where my car went? And they were, a couple guys were there like, oh, yeah, we saw your car get towed about two hours ago. Oh, no. So um, why this relates to screenwriting. Yes, I'm so interested. <laughs> it's because I had to deal with getting my car out of the impound on Wednesday night. I didn't get to go to a WGA meeting that I wanted to go to. But also, the whole experience was hilarious. Like, yes, now I'm very poor for having to pay all that money because when you, you have to pay to get your car out of impound, but you also get a ticket. Yeah, no. um, but the whole, it was, um, it was just, uh, you know, my, my phone went down to 1%. The Lyft driver wasn't going to take me where I wanted to go. Like I'm into the show already. Well, what it did is I have these characters floating around in my head for this project I want to write, but I don't know how to get into it. And I realized, aha, aha. So for me, it was a good reminder that um, I need to leave my house sometimes. There you go. And actually... Um, get into the world. Have, get into the world, have some life experience, and that that's where really amazing ideas can come from, like right. stumbling around and getting your car towed. Um, well, that's my new favorite TV show, so I can't <laughs> wait till the next episode. So that was my week. Um so, Jeff, do you want to uh, talk a little bit do about... Do Jeff? Yeah. Well, we just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to The Screenwriting Life with Meg LaFove and Lorian McKenna. It's been such an honor for me to produce them here at the network. Um, but if you guys don't know, our network actually produces a ton of content, not just this show, but tons of film-related shows. 
I co-host a show with actress Ileana Douglas, where she interviews some of the biggest names in entertainment. Last week, we interviewed Brian Koppelman. And this week, we have a bunch of big names, including Kathy Griffin, which I'm really excited about. But of course, this is the podcast that you're tuned into, and we thank you so much for that. If you guys wanted to help us, one thing you could do is to hop on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. A five-star review really helps our show because actually Apple will start increasing our searchability the more and more people review the show. If you give us five stars and write something on Apple Podcasts, we'll read your review on air. Uh, We want to thank you guys so much for joining us here on The Screenwriting Life. And remember, you can actually submit questions by emailing thescreenwritinglife at gmail.com. Again, that's thescreenwritinglife at gmail.com. We'll be looking for those and reading them on air. As always, thanks so much for being a fan here at the Popcorn Talk Network. Topic oh, of oh, our topic. Our topic of the day is <laughs> uh, idea to page, right? So you've got a great idea. Now what? Right? So that is what we're going to talk about today. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? So I can talk about what that feels like, like what that feels like. So I get an idea and I'm like, I am a genius. This is the best idea. And then I say it out loud to someone and it sounds so stupid and I realize I'm terrible. And so then I do some crying and probably eat some chips. And then uh, and then I, I decide... If I decide to stick with that idea, you know, I try to write it down a little bit more and then there's more crying and then uh, and then uh, and then just sort of working through all that and pushing through all those barriers is so hard to get to the part where I'm sitting down and writing a story area or writing an outline. But it just for me, it just feels like so hard. You know, it's so emotional to go. It is from that idea that seems so great. And then once you actually start putting pieces down, you just see all the things that don't work. Yes. Right. So you have to, that's why, you know, connecting into what you love about it is so important as you go through the process, of course. Um, uh, yeah, basically, yes. I, uh, and sometimes concur. the idea is like a character or a line of dialogue or getting towed or something. So it's not even like a fully formed idea yet. premise or, you know. And what's the pitch. goal? Is the goal that you're going to pitch it? Is it a goal right. that you're going to write? You're going to spec it? I mean, I think at first you don't need to know that because you, you're dealing with such big, basic story things yeah. but eventually that is important like how much more do you need to develop this because it's a great pitch and what a pitch needs and we can talk about that as a different topic but um you know for me if I get an idea what, like I do different things so one of the things I do is I will just kind of spitball blue sky not worry about it open a document and whatever idea comes into my head and that's just I'll by just, yourself by myself just start writing down scenes or moments or so my, sometimes I'll put it on cards right like mm-hmm. different spitball ideas um, sometimes I need to like let them actually be, go into a scene because I need the character to walk and talk and s- tell me who they are because mm-hmm. sometimes I'm not sure um you know, ultimately using my process is I'm moving towards what I call a puke draft, mm-hmm. which is literally once I've got the basic, in my mind, I need kind of the basics. We're going to start here. Here's our main character. This is the world. This is the genre I think it is. Thematically, this is emotionally what I think I'm trying to talk about it. I kind of think they're going to end up here. Mm-hmm. If I, as long as I have that, kind of the beginning, engine pieces, and where we're starting and where we're finishing, um, I then just write a puke draft. Like, whatever happens, I don't stop. Mm-hmm. I don't judge it. If I want to judge it, I might write on a different piece of paper. Oh, my God, this is so sappy. This is so horrible, blah, 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 right? That Miranda judge comes in and gets me all. Right. But I just go back to and just write and write and write and write and write. Um, and, you know, you can't critique. At, for me, a puke draft is you're not critiquing it as you go. You're not rewriting as you go. And you might be like, I have no idea what happens right here, but something super cool right. because I want to get to here is the next idea. That's I have. right. Midpoint. Midpoint something. <laughs> I don't going. know. Just It's kind of like chunking it out, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's 
not something I ever show anybody, but it's kind of like digging up clay, mm-hmm. right? Like so that I can go sculpt with later. I'm just pulling up. And it's a draft, though, in my mind, because I do want the discipline of beginning, middle, end. This has to go somewhere or it can just spin out and become four different movies. Right. So I do keep it in a container. Um Go ahead. I'm going to interrupt. So yeah. when you do that, when you do a peak draft, though, you're so experienced and you know structure so well, like in your bones. And and I've worked with you on a project. You're like, I'm just going to do a puke draft version of crazy this. is what she's saying. No, no, no. That it was, it it felt like a thing, a real thing, even right. though it was a puke draft to you, because you're so good at craft, it's, as you approach it, you sort of know where the turns are. Um, others say me sometimes, for example, I know, I know what it's supposed to be, but when I'm writing the puke draft, I get lost. Mm. I'll get lost in the details or it'll take a weird turn. And I don't, and I get really excited about the turn, right? But it's not structurally where it needs to be. So that can be very well, it's scary tricky, as right? Because well. in, the, in the puke draft, that turn might be telling you that's the direction to go. What if you have the wrong main character because your brain was so afraid of what you really want to talk about that it, th- it brought up a different character that felt safer for you to write about? But as right. you write, this other character starts knocking on the door and you're like, wow, that is the character and that's a much scarier character for me to write. I guess my if it feels if the turn feels like a relief and it's easier, it's probably avoidance. If it ah, feels okay. a little bit scary and like you're pushing into something emotional for you, it's probably some good juice in there. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. And listen, we all need to avoid sometimes. I just talked about procrastination. <laughs> but and you never know. Like I, when I worked with my, a friend of mine, John Morgan, he was an actor, and I my development brain when we had this new idea. And we were pitching out all the ideas it could be. And, and, I, and he would say, oh, she could do this and that. And I said, okay, John, that's a cul-de-sac. Let me explain to you. Because in our structure, blah, blah, blah. And he would just look at me. And he came from acting. So he was like, or we go down the cul-de-sac and we find something great and bring it back. So if those turns come hmm. up, there might be something in that turn you need. But I would always then go back and say, does this fit into... The be- you know, like I said, start with a beginning and an end. Does that fit in there? Does it fit into the genre I think this is? If it doesn't, is it big enough to blow it up and redo the whole thing based on that new turn? Right. Like, that's the discipline. The discipline is, okay, I took this turn. Let's look at that turn now. Let's say, what what is the value of that turn? Is it worth going back and re-looking at the basic elements. And that's something else I wanted to talk about in terms of having an idea is really do you know, even just in the broadest sense, the basic elements of the engine of your script? So thematically. Mm-hmm. Like you might just know it's something about revenge. It's something about redemption. I don't know what. Any word will do. What's the world? Do you know the world? Again, not the details of the world, just we're in the upper Midwest you know, in mm-hmm. this time period, et cetera. Um, do you know the genre you're doing? You might not. You mm-hmm. might think you're doing one genre, and as you start to pull up the clay, it becomes something else. But um, if you want to procrastinate, you can go look at all those genres. But I'm research. 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 No, but you should know the genre, um, I believe, elements. You can break them, but break them knowingly, not because you didn't know them. Because right. eventually you're going to hand this to somebody who does know that genre because they make these movies. Mm-hmm. So they will know yes. that you're breaking them. So do you know the genre? Do you know who the main character is? Again, that might change as you go. But right now, who's the main character? What do they think they want? What do they emotionally really need? Which is going to attach to your theme. Mm -hmm. And another really important one that I don't think a lot of people think about in these early stages, but I would highly recommend you think about is what is the relationship of the movie? What is the main core relationship of the movie? Again, it can change. It will change. But right now, as you're starting... 
you know, people watch stories, I believe, because of relationship, mm-hmm. right? That's really what we're investing in. And it's interesting watching those pilots. A lot of the ones that I didn't respond to is because they weren't really setting up any relationships. So I don't know what I'm caring about in right. a weird way, right? And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for these the relationship to start. And what's the problem in the relationship? And it just, those didn't work for me because I'm like, okay, I'm just like bored already. Like, what's going on? So really think about what is the relationship of the film that you're starting to, this idea that's bubbling up. And that will help you a lot because you can track on the structure, you know, structure as character. Right. You know, I like to start, my character starts here and ends here. Where does the main relationship start? So what if you have an idea about a character and you don't know the answer to that? Like, how do you dig into that? I mean, I've seen lots of um, lists of uh, questions you can ask mm-hmm. your characters and, you know, what are their fears and their hopes and what are That's they That's why I about? do puke drafts where I start doing writing exercises because yeah. I'm putting them in different situations mm-hmm. or scenes that I see. Well, who's there? I, I, my experience and even working with young writers is that relationship will arrive if it's given space in your writing time to just write. Right. That person who wants to be in relationship to your main character will arrive. They'll show up. They will show up. You might have a different idea, but they might show up and be like, it's me. Right. I'm sorry. So but there's it a is. very intellectual approach to it, right? Like, I'm going to do all these forms and checklists and research and do all this stuff. And that can be helpful to a certain point. And then it tips into avoidance. Yes, exactly. Right? Uh, and then it really is about writing and whatever that looks like. Right. Right. Like stream of consciousness monologues, scenes. Different scenes, put them in different situations, right. right? Again, if you find that all the fun situations you're thinking of are really just kind of more external, like let's say an action sequence, or you know, which is great, but then you have to go back and be like, why does my character need to go into this action sequence? Like what's really happening here emotionally, character-wise? Like, or me, I'm doing a lot of character emotional stuff, and sometimes points I have to be like, wait a minute, what is the fun trailer moment of this movie? Because I'm this is a big movie, right? right. What? Okay, I have to pull back now, thirty thousand feet. What is the fun, you know, set pieces? Right. Which is also fun. Give yourself that job. You have this crazy idea. You don't know much about it. What's the trailer? What's the trailer? Yeah. What are the set pieces? Just to start pulling mm-hmm. it up, um, and then of course, mostly when you have an idea to get it to the page, the solution is right. <laughs> a lot of people have ideas like when i go to conferences I mean, I and love, stuff everybody it. tells me they have ideas mm-hmm. it's very rare they're like i have a script that i've rewritten you know eight times right and i i really think i've got it and now i have another script and i've rewritten that five times like it's the writing that is the writing like it's not yes. just thinking about it because it's always great in your head but it's really okay being brave enough to jump over that chasm that you described of it's great in my head but what if it sucks and then somehow our brains are like that means you suck like the cr- the, the crying and the chips the part. critic come up the critic comes up and tells you well that's because you suck and you know that's not true because that's every writer has to jump that chasm i've seen people who have won, won multiple academy awards have to jump that chasm right We've seen it. Yeah. So that is a chasm everybody has to jump when they start from great idea to, oh, it sucks mm-hmm. because it's now on a piece of paper and I don't actually know what it is. But you have to trust that it, it did come to you. It is pushing for to exist now in this plane. So sit down and get through that uncomfortable vulnerability, which is what I'm talking about for myself, right? I just gave myself a deadline because I'm in the chasm right now. Right. Right. So I'm like, okay, I need help in the chasm. 
Lorian, you guys, be the person on the other side going, you've got to get it done. It's an outline, right, that you're doing? Yes. Is an that outline, what I said? An outline. Of a, a rough, pi- of a pilot. Of a pilot. Um, which it might just end up being clay, you guys. It might just be like big, <laughs> mucky pieces that I'm going to be like, well, I have got right. the big, mucky pieces. And as long right. as you can find one thing to get excited about in those mucky pieces, yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. No mucky pieces ever uh, wasted. They will come back. They'll, they, they all, they're all just this... Uh, brining there i'm doing soup i'm doing mud i'm doing a lot of <laughs> sounds delicious right now. but i like the chips part <laughs> a lot better um yeah I, it's uh so much of it is the fear and the judgment and the unknowing you know just that terror and then when you write it down is it good or not and then do you show it to somebody and like what if you show it to them too soon right i've pitched ideas to people or sent them pages and because it's not there's no there there mm-hmm. enough then uh the feedback i get is helpful but not for my project and it can also right? be damaging right because it's yeah. too soon and i like well no that sucks that totally didn't work right i mean i would only give those early early uh, baby drafts or baby ideas to people who are really good at asking questions because mm-hmm. that's really all you should be getting at this point is questions about do you mean this or could it be this and i really liked this so it should be feeding into it not mm-hmm. detracting and chipping away at it right because it that's really the and you should find those people right um to do that for you um, cause it is so much a process of fear, um, to get it out, um, that I just feel like you have to have the right people. I mean, if you're giving it to people that are going to chip away at it too early, then you have to ask why you self-sabotage. That's right. Which I think I said last week, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> um, another piece of it is that, um, process, right? Really experienced writers have a process. Um, but the process changes for every project a little bit. I think. Right. I mean, it depends on what it is. Sometimes I feel like I have to sneak up on it, Mm -hmm. right? Like, um, uh, you know, I'm working on this thing and I haven't been able to sort of get away in and then I got towed and I was like, oh, I'm going to sneak up on it. Ah, that's good. Right. right? I'll use this experience as the beginning of the script just because it was so fun and I want to write about that and I can put my characters in that situation and then I don't know what will happen. But that's great. you got a trigger. But I'm going to sneak up on them in that way because... It will be fun, right? That there's so much of writing is so hard and vulnerable, and and you feel like I sometimes feel like I have to put myself in the chair. I have to do and it. You do, and I do. But um, I do want to have fun doing it. Yes, too. exactly. Like, I want to have, have fun. some joy in the storytelling. Right. I don't want it to just be like ugh, writing. You know, right. I want it to be like I get to go write this scene, and for and I'm excited to go do this now. So I I feel like that that gets overlooked a lot too in the work of it. Absolutely. You got to have, I totally agree. Great When point. you say sneaking up on it, Lorian, <laughs> do you mean like sort of like finding a back doorway to break your characters? Yes. Or, or just for me, psychologically, the, the idea of tackling this huge subject matter is too big. So I need to find this very small little window to sort of climb in to sort of get access to it. Because like I have a huge, a huge idea. It's personal to me. It's big theme. And it just feels like like a giant moon. You know, I don't know how to land on it. So just trying to find a fun way to sort of get access to it. And then let that create the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And yeah, I think that's super smart. And now, of course, there's other writers that I've met who are idea guys or idea gals, right? They just have, I have this idea and that idea and this idea. And I'm like, well, what have you written? Which one of those are scripts? None. But I have, (laughs) meaning you can also use an idea to avoid 
Oh, yeah. Actually doing the work because you're halfway through realizing, oh, my God, this idea I had doesn't work. It's not as good. But I have a new idea. Right. And that's great. And But that's the other end of the spectrum, right? Where my advice to those people is, no, 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 no. Go back and make that work. But it's not going to be good. Maybe. Or maybe it's going to be great. But you actually are way too early to do that. And even, let's say, worst case scenario, it's quote unquote not good. But it, you started it, so it, needed to, it needs to teach you something. Right. You're never going to learn it if you bounce out as soon as it gets hard. Right. I'm talking to myself right now, remember, because I have this thing I'm not doing. Um, so it's just about pushing back into it and just knowing the value is in doing it sometimes, especially yeah. for people who pop out um, and use ideas to avoid. So if you're one of these people who have tons and tons of ideas – then, you know, I'm going to put a challenge out to you or homework. Let's do some homework. You know, go look at your ideas. Suddenly Pick. this podcast is a terrible idea. No. Now I have an assignment that no. I have to come up if with you and want homework. To. Some people like homework. Some people are type A and they actually like homework. Well, that's what's going to happen is that I like it. So I'm going to do, do it. Um, pick an idea and do one thing that we talked about today on that idea. You could do the spitball. You could do look at the main engine elements and see if you can fill in the blank, right? Mm -hmm. um, and maybe we can put up somewhere what those elements are for people. I don't know, Jeff. We can figure that out. Um, yeah, we'll put it in the description of this podcast is yeah. what we'll do. And then just really, um, you know, just do this one thing and email us and let us know, okay, I did it. Because I do believe one thing feeds the next thing, feeds yeah. the next thing, feeds the next thing. And yes, you might hit a next chasm. Right? That's okay. Go back and be, okay, I hit a chasm. I've got to go back to spitballing. I mean, we did this at Pixar all the time. Yeah. That after the screening, you might feel like we fell into a chasm. So what do we do? We go back in and just start spitballing and having right. fun, like you said, and yeah. just throwing out ideas to get sparked again, right, on yeah. the idea. But it's still on the same idea. It's still maybe within that sandbox of we still think we want her to start here and end here, mm -hmm. but there's a chasm in the middle. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> so that's okay, right? Or maybe that's the moment you do have to go look at genres because you're realizing, oh, I'm actually doing a female version of the adolescent boy. Right. Right? Movies, which there's a ton of those. And I was working with a young uh, writer, and I was like, well, do you know what those are? Have you watched those movies? And she's like, oh. And I was like, yeah, you got to go watch them. That could be good if you're stuck in the chasm. But the trick is the discipline not to stay in the research. Right. That you are writing down, Jeff, like I said, the, the similarities of that genre and how those work. And know that you're going to twist it and right. throw it out if you want to. And um, I do believe that work begets work. Uh, so when, you know, you get into something and you're really writing it and other ideas start to pop up and you put those away or you, in something you're working on now, you wind up solving a problem for something else. Right. Like doing the work generates more, it just, it, I don't know what it is, right? It trains your brain. You have more ideas. You feel better about yourself at the well, end of like the day. It's like opening a tap. Like when yeah. I first started moving from a producer to a writer, I had all this fear and the chasm felt very big. And a very wise person said to me, you have a dry riverbed. You have to get some water in it, just a couple of drops of water, because water begets water. Water will bring more water. You just have to start getting water in the dry riverbed. So if, you've, if you're in a dry riverbed right now and you have some ideas, do the homework. Just start. And, and it's that discipline, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're going to do the first exercise of spitballing. Tomorrow you're going to do more spitballing. Then you realize you're going to fill out your exercise on the – on the engine pieces mm -hmm. and suddenly you realize oh I don't know if I'm that genre I'm going to do research for a limited time right and then come back and stick that research on my and you just start building layering water whatever metaphor works for mm -hmm. you 
Um, I totally do. It is. I actually think it's brain science too. I do think that you open pathways in your brain ah. that creatively it, it starts going, or we can be spiritual about it and say the muses come because right. you are disciplined and have committed to them right. that they will come. And something else you can do when writing all day seems too much, you can write for an hour a day. Like even just an hour yeah. that you're writing, not researching, right? right. You literally an hour a day. Even 20 minutes right. will do something. Right. Right. And for people who are very busy, like all of us, we're all busy. We all, like I said, I started the whole week with my art, the art of procrastination. <laughs> um, that is the trick. You have to, you have to write. Yeah. So um, shall we move on to some fan yes, questions? Yes, let's do some questions. Okay. Um, our first question is... Um, how do you stay true to your original vision of characters as the story around them changes and evolves? And when do you know it's time to rethink or imagine them? It's interesting because for features for me, and everybody's different, I start character is plot, character is theme, mm-hmm. character is, I picked the genre because of the character. Like So for my brain, it, I don't even know how to do that. Uh, in terms of it would the character would always be evolving because if I change the plot, it is affecting the character. Right. Now, if you were a genre writer and you cared mostly or where, where where you started is the genre, I could see that you're starting with the genre stuff you love right. and then backing into a character. There are writers that work that way. Right. Um, but still, at some point, you I do think you have to say the character is the center. It's what we are attaching to. We might be having fun in those genre moments, but why do we care right. is the character. It's the relationship, like you were yes, talking it's about. it's the relationship. And their journey. So to me, it's, it is a constantly evolving thing. You can evolve too far because you've gotten too many notes. Mm-hmm. And you've pulled off of really what you loved about that character, and that character has evolved or into some like Frankenstein band aid monster right. of doing everything that everybody told you to do. And when that happens, you literally have to stop and say, Why did I love this? What did I love about this character? And go back to them and reboot. Mm. back into that character but that's going to reboot everything that's going to be reboot the plot that's going to reboot the, the main relationship right is to go back into that piece and i guess the the question feels like how do you like trusting yourself right how do you know how do you know right when you've lost the thread and uh i don't know the answer to that one. <laughs> well i mean that's writing that's any art sometimes yeah. you don't know it is that sitting in the chair and going back again and again but i do think again it's got to get back to the touchstone of why do you care about it because the reason you care about it is why i will care about it and pushing into things that might be scaring you like if you are like i will absolutely not change my character and it's really a big response i'm like wow maybe you should do exactly why that. you should just as a writing exercise right literally change them 180 degrees because you're so adamant that you won't sometimes that's valid and it's because it's pulling you off and sometimes it's a defense mechanism because you're so afraid of what is that 180 degree turn um but you know it's a writing exercise everything will always just a piece of paper Mm -hmm. nobody even has to read it but it helps your brain see it in a completely different way which is so hard to do and so great when it happens so sometimes you can just if your character you feel like is needs to be rethunk or reimagined do it just okay say today today for the next two hours i'm going to just let you know let let it off let the chains off i'm going to rethink and reimagine them because why not see where the where in the cul-de-sac you go yeah and bring it back or guess what? A new character was born, and she's better, and she's greater than the what you had, right? Right. So, uh, it it is a churning process. It is an iterative 
process. So I wouldn't be afraid to do that because you can always go back. You can always go back right. to what you had. You know, it's not 1930 and we have to type out 100 right. pages. Which is a lot of what we did at Pixar, too. We would look at something, try something that didn't work. Try again. Reset, try again, try again. It was definitely that iterative process. It wasn't like everything uh, grew up, something amazing grew out of that. Just right. that that didn't work. And they really wanted you to push to the edge. You know, I, I really took their motto, fail fast, to heart. Mm-hmm. They they want you pushing out to something that feels edge to you, vulnerability-wise or story-wise, to see how you push it mm-hmm. creates a new thing, yeah. right? So um, don't be afraid to do that. You have to do that. Now, if it's due because you've actually been paid for it, we could, that's a whole other topic that's and we different. can talk about that. Yeah. You want to, talk, you want to do the okay, second question? Okay, so the second question is, um, is theme important and does finding it come first before you write the story or do you find it as you write? Which is from Brian in Los Angeles. Yes, theme is important. Yes, that's the answer. Yes, <laughs> theme is important. Um, listen, everybody finds it a different place. I don't think you're going to find, I mean... Uh, you might find the, like I said, the category of it. Like, even knowing that could be so great. Redemption. Like revenge. Revenge. Again, that's not a theme, but we're in a world now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Um, and what's interesting is you usually figure out the intellectual themes first, right? Controlling it doesn't isn't a theme yet, right? And right. the way I recognize a great theme is if I feel something when you say it to me. Mm-hmm. If I intellectually am like, that's cool, we're not there yet. There's an emotional thing underneath that. That should make you, as a writer, feel wiggly because you're actually going to write about that. You know, it should feel a little scary, right? Like when we were doing Inside Out, for an 11-year-old girl to say to her parents, you want me to be happy, but I'm not, made me very wiggly. Like, I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) because that was me, right, Right. when I was 11 years old. So, but that's really hard to get to. Like, that is, I find, drafts and drafts and drafts of really digging and really pushing yourself. And so you might start with something that's just a personal experience and you don't even know consciously but you can feel it something in there or you might have an intellectual idea Mm -hmm. that is super cool but it's not emotional yet but then your work is to dig down into it so i mean theme is such a huge topic that really that i feel like we should make it our next week's yeah i agree big uh topic because like how do you get to that emotional description of it how is it authentic to you and what's the truth of yeah what are some exercises to get to theme we can talk to you guys about that some exercises i do or i've done it uh, with my students to help them recognize some thematics inside of them that they love so we can make that our big we'll make that a tease of our next big topic another great way just i've heard theme described too is like there's kind of like what your movie is like lowercase a about and then like what your movie's like capital a about so like your movie's about whatever the log line is but then your movie's obviously about much more than just that and that's kind of an interesting way to think about it it's got to be about more than just what the story is it's kind of reductive, but I think it was a that was a great way for me to kind of position what theme means. Mm, right, right. Yeah, I have a lot to say on theme. <laughs> like I could give a dissertation on theme. So, so uh, buckle up for buckle next week. For next week, uh, no, it's super interesting to me. Theme is to me the bedrock of of everything. Right, um, and yet the hardest thing to get to and articulate. Um, and I've and we've done been in professional situations where they are way late into the process and cannot articulate it yet. Um, yeah. And uh, as a producer, that happened uh, to me as well. And that's super hard because now you're going out to sell a movie, and guess who wants to know what the theme is? 
uh, the people buying the movie and because the, they have to make a poster and like they actually want to talk to the filmmaker about that. Right. So, um, but we had an experience where we were working on a pilot together. Uh, we knew what the theme was and we were writing it, and then we realized at one point that we had undercut the theme, the very theme. Oh my god, it happens all the time. Right? And it was like, wait, what are we doing? Like in the big moment, we'd sold our character out because she we got too well, because wiggly. Often the theme that you're working on, yeah. unconsciously, your brain is trying to learn. Yeah. Your brain is trying to shift, trying to change. So you have a bad habit of doing the opposite of your theme. I mean, right. I've seen that a million times. People are not doing their theme. They're literally not doing it. So in, that's what we And the other doing. problem with theme is, you know, you attract it in. Like, anyways, we can talk about this next <laughs> week. Um, so we're living it. Yes, you will end up living yeah. it somewhere. Yeah. Um, so that, uh, but please send us your questions. We'd yep. love to get some more fan questions or writer questions. Or um, so send that out to our. It's the screenwriting life at gmail.com. Jeff, did I get that right? You nailed it. Oh that's God. exactly right. Yes. No cheat sheet right there. <laughs> um, uh, but that's our show. Uh, so um, thanks for tuning in to the screenwriting life. We're here every Friday at noon live which is terrifying. Super fun. <laughs> On Popcorn's Talks YouTube channel. Um, or you can find our show, The Screenwriting Life, with Meg LaFove and Lorian McKenna, anywhere podcasts are found. And we'll see you next week. All right. Bye, guys. Send us your, send us your questions. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.